How are you? Hey, why don't we stand up and worship the Lord before we start and say some quick prayer? Hey, bro, the youth is in the back. Are you going to go hang out with the youth? Yeah. Oh, is the youth staying in here? Oh, okay. It's good to see you. I love you, bro. Father, we just thank you for tonight, God. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, that you're doing in our community, in our church, in the communities that pastors ministering to. We're grateful for being used by you, for, for being chosen by you. We thank you, God, that you've given us your spirit. You didn't leave us alone, but you gave us your spirit. And so we thank you that everything that you're asking us to do, you've empowered us to do. And we just ask you today to fill us full once again, to fill us with your spirit today. We give you all glory and honor. Have your way today. Have your way in this Bible study, God. Have your way in this meeting. Have your way in us. Every single need that we came with tonight, Lord, we know that you are the supplier of every need that we have, that you're the answer to every problem, that you're the way, the truth, and the life. And we thank you that tonight that that life would flow abundantly through us so that it can flow to others, God, so that every need not only would be supplied to us, but the need of this lost and dark world would be supplied by the only one that can answer that need, the only one that can meet that need, which is you, Lord. And I thank you, God that you've given us this time today. I thank you, Lord, that, um, that you would just have your way today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you guys made it today to Bible study. I was wondering, I was like, it's hot. And this is, will you fix this, Ayla? Will you put it flat so I don't, somebody, this stand. I already dropped my phone. Yeah, thanks. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's already helping today. Um, what the Lord put on my heart to share today was, you know, we're talking about the gifts and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been on this series, I think this is 17 tonight that we've been doing this, however many weeks that is, that the Lord has been um, showing us things about the Holy Ghost, the ministry of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit. And um, I know pastors started by talking about the gifts of the Spirit and fivefold ministry. And um, I know he talked about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and several things. And even whenever I was gone, I listened to Tyler's, which was awesome, Carolyn, um, I was here for Hilda's last week when she, or no, I, was I? Anyways, I know that she talked about um, tongues. And so, it, oh, last week was Koinonia. So I wasn't here. That, I didn't think I was because I had to listen on the app. But anyways, it's been awesome. And so tonight what I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about was the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us and through us. And so I'm going to start at John 16, 7. And this is when Jesus said it's better that he goes so that he could send the Holy Spirit. So we'll go there. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, and this is the ESV, but I think I want to read it in the Amplified. Let's see. Yep. 16.7. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous, however you say that, for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And so when Jesus was on the earth, he could only be in one place at one time as a man. So he could only minister in one place at any given time. And even when we look at the Old Testament, it was the same way. We don't really hear about things going on in multiple places. We hear about the spirit coming upon someone or an angel of the Lord coming or something like that. And so up until the Holy Spirit came and was poured out, the ministry of the Lord was only in one place at one time, and it was through Jesus. And so Jesus told us that it's more profitable, really told the disciples in the scripture that it's more profitable that he go, he can send his spirit and so the Holy Spirit being a spirit could be with us all through the spirit of man, not only in us, but on us. And so I want to talk about the second part of that verse where it talks about personal ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. And so it says here that the comforter, well, he says that he'll send the helper, right? Or at least maybe in this, maybe in this verse, it doesn't say the helper, but in another in another translation, it says he sends the helper to us. So the helper, obviously, is to help us. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of help. Seems like the older I get, the more help I get, you know, from the Holy Ghost, and the more help I need. And so definitely, I'm like, help me, Jesus, every day. Help me. And, you know, even even lately, you know, I heard, a, I heard an older minister the other day and he was saying that, you know, sometimes the, the cool thing about listening to people that have been in the ministry forever is you can listen to them and you can hear what matters at the end, you know, when they're wrapping things up or not necessarily that they're wrapping things up, but when they've came to that point where they don't care, they don't care what man has to say, they don't care about culture, they don't care about a lot of stuff. And so they're able to just really freely share where they're at, you know, and Sometimes they probably shouldn't share where they're at because it may not all be good. But one thing I heard that was really good was that he said, I'm still working on my love walk and patience, you know? And that's where I find myself regularly like, Lord, I want to love deeper. You know, the way that the love that you've shown me, I want to be able to show that to others. And I fell a lot at doing that. And so being reminded that he's my helper, being reminded that the Holy Spirit in me is love. God is love. And so he, he can love through me. And that's one of the things whenever we're out ministering to others that people know if you're coming from a place of love or that you're coming from a place of religion. And there's only one way that works out of those two. And it's definitely not coming with religion. But if you come with love, they are open to receive it because more than anything, the world needs love. You know, they need Jesus, 
But the only way they're able to receive Jesus is by receiving his love and the gift that he gave. And so um, us being able to translate the love of God to others and being able to, and it's not always a communication. A lot of times it's an action. A lot of times it's, um, you know, that's probably one of the ways that that scripture, when it talks about let your light so shine before men that they'll give glory to your father. You know, I always was like, that's really cool and all, but I really just want to preach to them, you know? I don't want to shine my light. Like, I want to preach to you and tell you the word that's, that can save you, you know? Um, but I think that's where that comes into play, is shining your light, you know? Because a lot of times, people aren't in a place where they can receive the love of God. But they can see you, and they can see what you're doing. And, you know, which brings me to a point. Carolyn was hitting on it. I guess Carolyn's not in here, is she? Um, Carolyn, I know when she was ministering, um, a couple of weeks ago, she hit on unity. Man, when she was like, I was like, oh, Jesus, come on, you know, like, help me. Um, because I think we all want unity, but wanting unity isn't enough. You know, unity is something that happens intentionally. It's something that, you know, it sounds good, it's a good thought, but in the moment when you're being asked to do something you don't want to do, or when somebody's asked you the same questions more than once, or whatever, whatever it may be, when people get on our nerves as we're serving. I mean, this is the perfect time. Summer, we do a lot. We do a lot to pour out to others. And as a, for us to be able to pour out to others, we have to come together. And it's difficult. It's difficult. Just like living with people is difficult. I mean, I, I find it hard to live with my son. It's difficult. Like, unity in my house is difficult. But that's another story. Pray for me, intercessors. Pray for me and my teenager. But, you know, but what does it say? It says they'll know you because of your love for one another. Ouch, right? You're like, ah. But, you know, but the cool thing is, is that, you know, sometimes we tend to look at those things where we lack. But what about all the ways that we don't? You know, what about all the ways that we are winning? You know, what about all the ways that we're impacting the community and one another's lives? Whenever um, something comes up and we all come together, and there's such a rich love in those times when we're able to come together and we're all on the same page and we're letting our light shine. And there's been plenty of opportunities for that lately because of different circumstances and whatever, but um, it's awesome. But love, love is one of those things I definitely am asking the Holy Spirit to help me to grow in. You know, not just whenever I'm in front of a lost person, because sometimes to me those are the easiest people to love, because I look at those people and I see myself. I see the desperate situation that they're in. And, um, and there's this, this um, mandate on the inside of me that's like, we got to get this, we got to get this, you know, we got to get this to them so that they can be free. They can, freely, you've been given, freely give, you know. Let them find the freedom that I found. And so um, definitely that's been my prayer, but that was, that was a side note. It wasn't even in my notes. Um, but definitely I would say that's something that I ask. And, you know, the Holy Spirit being our helper, that's something I can say. Hey, this is something that I need work on, you know, to, to love Titus whenever he's very challenging, you know, and to come, what does it say? You know, prefer others. It says, um, uh, be patient, be kind, 
Um, be gentle, gentle. That's something I really, y'all can pray for me about that too, because I'm not the most gentle person. But, you know, I, it's so cool though, because in this season of life is I am raising Titus. I am learning so much. Like the challenges also create an opportunity for God to teach you lessons that maybe you missed somewhere along the way or that you haven't had the opportunity to learn. And I know the Lord was speaking to me the other day and he was telling me that, um, you know, the greater challenge, the greater difficulty, and it's not in the spirit, right? Because in the spirit, everything's done. It's done. Really, all we have to do is believe it. It's already done. But in the natural, is we're fleshing this thing out. We're walking this thing out in flesh, not fleshing it out, probably the wrong term to use. But as we're walking in flesh, this, this treasure of the kingdom of God in these earthly vessels, you know, as we're walking this thing out, the Lord was showing me that, you know, as you mature, the richer the revelation, you know, and I was just, you know, I was having one of those weeks where it seemed like everything was a struggle, you know, walking with the Lord was a struggle, you know, it was like, which is typically not difficult for me. I mean, I love, I love Jesus. I love God's people. I love the lost. I, I find joy really in all I do because I spend time with him and get to hang out with him. And it's like, let's do this. But when I step out of that grace and step out, because I get my eyes on something, I get distracted, I get tired, lonely, hungry. They say something about that in AA. But anyways, they're like, don't ever get too tired, hungry, or lonely because you're about to jack it up. So it was just one of those weeks. And I think as well, you know, women, we have these hormones. And it just seemed like everything. It was a whirlwind. And the Lord, at the end of it all, was like, Shri, it's okay. You know, because it was just one of those times where change is happening as well. And we don't like change. I don't like change. Maybe you guys do. But we don't really like change. I don't like change. And change is difficult. And especially whenever it, you've been in an enjoyable season and you're moving into a season that seems not as enjoyable, you know, but he's still in the boat with you. So you're like, you're with me, but I don't think I like this. This is uncomfortable. This is, this is not how I, I seen it looking. You know, this is not what I thought you said. No, I said that, but now I'm moving you to the next thing that I said. And this is, you're passing through. This is a transition. And so anyways, you know, walking with the Lord is like that. Following him is like that. You know, it's, it's leaning in, it's listening. But I know that was precious to me when the Lord was like, you know, maturity comes at a cost, but the revelation is rich. So there's a reward. You know, God is such a rewarder in all that we do. No, we can't earn anything from God, but he sure will reward you. He'll reward obedience. He'll reward faithfulness. He'll reward, reward loving one another. You know, it's, that's why the kingdom of God is sowing and reaping. Because everything we sow, we can expect to reap. You know, because there's a reward on the seed. There's always a harvest on the other end. And God is awesome like that, you know? And so, anyways, you know, the Holy Spirit, I depend on him regularly. That's the only way that I can live my life. I definitely do not know how people make it without the Holy Ghost. I don't know how they make it. I, 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 don't, I don't ever remember being without the Holy Ghost. You know, I, as long as I can remember, I've, I've been in a spirit-filled church, and 
gave my life to Jesus and he filled me with his spirit, definitely walked, a, walked away from the lifestyle, you know, but he was there. He was there with me the whole time. I was thinking about earlier today how um, the Holy Spirit, you can be full of the Spirit or you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost, I should say, but not be filled you know, because you can be baptized with the Spirit, but if you were constantly filled, then he wouldn't tell you to be being filled. If you were constantly filled, he wouldn't say, stir yourself up. So there's a way for that pool to be idle. And I remember those years, and I definitely do not ever plan to return to those years that I lived in that place. But um, definitely, I, I, so I'm going to go over some of the things that he says. I'm going to go on with my notes here. So in 16.7, in that second part, the comforter, the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby. So comforter is easy. He comforts us. And I can say as well, like here in, I don't, I don't talk about it a lot because I don't really talk about a lot of, a lot of I, I mean, I do sometimes, but um, you know, I lost my dad a year ago, and I would say by far one of the difficult, most difficult things I've been through emotionally. Um, I think I didn't realize it, but I leaned on my dad as an emotional support. <laughs> and when he wasn't there, I didn't have that. It, I mean, there's nobody else there to be emotionally supportive. And so the comforter and, and even now, I'm still leaning on him to comfort me because there's days I think I have a better understanding today than I did six months ago. You know, you, you walk through this, you walk through these things that are difficult in life and sometimes you don't even know how difficult they are. And then the Lord talks to you about it because the Lord's been speaking to me about it. Like, you know, these things that are coming out, let's work on them. This is what's going on. And um, he comforts you in those times. And he's been such a comfort to me. And it's been in, you know, we're a place where I thought I had, I didn't never remember being lonely since I found Jesus, since I really committed my life to him, since he really changed my life. I don't remember ever being lonely. But I think in this time over this past year, my dad being my best friend, I was like, man, I'm feeling lonely because that place in my life that I was able to go to in times like this, call, hey, you know, and all the conversations weren't great, but he was just my dad that I could be like, hey, I'm going through this, you know, and he didn't give great advice. Sometimes he did, but definitely not when it came to the spirit. Um, I mean, it's all right. That just wasn't his deal. Um, and, you know, I didn't really need him to give me that advice. I already had people to do that. Thank God I still have those people because I need it. But my dad was just, he was just that guy, just tell everything going on, you know. But now I've learned to lean on the Holy Spirit and let him comfort me in ways that I had been letting him comfort me. And that's why you have to really be careful about letting people take the place of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're allowing people to take the place and then that person is flaky. I mean, because we know people are, and people are fallible, you know? People are going to disappoint you. I tell people regularly on the street, look, you can, you can think you're good, but I guarantee you there's a day coming 
where whatever you're leaning on is going to break. It's going to fall out from under you, and you're going to need something to grab onto, and he's the only one that can do it for you. You might as well just give it up now, you know, because it's coming. Hopefully, you're still breathing when it happens, you know, because you're not guaranteed that. If you're in a lake drowning, you don't need help tomorrow, you know, so threw that in there for free, but if anybody needs Jesus today, hey, he's here, (laughs) but... Uh, but yeah, so you just, you got to watch what you're grabbing onto to bring comfort, to bring stability, to bring whatever it is. Um, because, but I'll tell you, if you allow the Holy Ghost to deal with you in all those areas, when you're getting, when you're getting upset, when you're getting frustrated, when you're getting angry, when you're, whatever it is, if you can stop and take that pause, which I'm not good at that. I, I'm working on that. That's another thing the Lord has on my list of to do. Put a pause on it, you know, pause three. I wish I had a pause button sometimes. I'm like, ooh, I could have used it. But, you know, he's like, just pause. Just take a pause. Let's, let's work through this. Let me show you what the root of this is. Let me show you what the real problem is, and I'll help you through it. I'm going to teach you. And so the next thing is counselor. And I thought it was cool because when I read the definition of counselor, because sometimes I like, it can, t- I can take forever to study. I mean, I could study for a long time um, because I like looking up every word, even words that I know, that I kind of know what they mean. I like looking them up because it gives you such a deeper understanding of what they were saying when they wrote this. And, and Jesus said this, so it's important that we know what he said. And so when you look up counselor, it says guides you in personal, amen, social, psychological problems. Amen to that. So that means socially, any issues you're having with people um, in your mind, psychologically, you know, what meds, doctors, I mean, is the, pe- the suicide rate, I mean, I just heard of a suicide yesterday of some, of some beautiful 16-year-old that was on that crazy toddler dancing show, which I don't know what the name of it was, I don't watch that stuff, but yeah, and um, that she killed herself. I'm like, wow, you know, but uh, it's just a reminder that the enemy, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And nobody in her life, evidently, one, had any indication because they would have stopped it, had they. I mean, how sad is it this girl literally orders a present on Amazon to send to her mother after she dies? Like, she really thought this out. And had not one person that she thought could help her. See, I don't believe anybody as a believer um, we, I mean, I tell the teenagers I'm around all the time, like, look, if y'all need something, I don't care what it is. Call me, you know, call me. Don't worry about anything else. Call me, text me. It doesn't matter time or time of day or night. Call me, you know, but I believe that this young girl, um, and you know, and I've, I, my brother-in-law committed suicide. So I, I've, I've had somebody in my family that, that has been in that place, but it's at a place where, there's total and other despair and hopelessness, and we know that that's from hell. We know that that's a spirit of death that comes, but you know what? 
all of us can be at that, not, not be at that place, but all of us can be um, influenced by a spirit in that way. It, I mean, just like even me, just even the stuff I've walked through, if I hadn't had the Holy Spirit to tell me, hey, pause, do this, you know, lean into me, let me tell you what's going on. Nobody's, we're, we're not that far away from that place. We're a lot closer than we think. The only thing that keeps us from that place is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important in the world that we go out and share this gospel and share this gift with other people because they need it. They need it. And so he's our counselor. So literally, we know that these problems that are going in the world, psychological, social, personal problems are all handled in the Holy Ghost because he's our counselor. That's one of the ministries that, that he has. The next one that came as a second definition of counselor was senior officer in diplomatic service. I thought this was awesome because when you look that up, it's an ambassador. It's the same thing. And so we all know that we're ambassadors of Christ, that we're, we're, that this isn't our home, that heaven's our home, and that wherever we're at, we have authority and dominion over our lives, over our environment, over our circumstances, because of the name of Jesus. And that's our home. And so when we have the Holy Ghost as our ambassador, that's how we're ambassadors, because the Spirit of God is in us. The Spirit of heaven is in us. And so we carry that spirit into the world to come against that spirit of darkness, that spirit of death, that spirit of violence against the word of God, against the spirit of God, that antichrist spirit that is behind every, all the tragedies that are going on in the world. Um, the, I, my life was almost a tragedy as a result, and, and I was a believer, you know? I mean, there's times whenever I was in some of the darkest places that I never thought I would see. But the, thank God that the Lord brought me out. And I can remember every time the Lord was the one that brought me out. Um, I could tell stories, but I won't because you believe me, you don't want to hear them. But the next one that it says that he is is advocate. And so an advocate just speaks on our behalf and defends us. Same thing. When you're in those situations, he's our defender. He's our help. The next one, he's our standby. What does that mean? Ready and available for immediate action. I mean, all these things look like we're set up to win. But you know, sometimes you can be set up to win and don't know it. So that's why it's important to get this word, to renew your mind. Because, I mean, I was talking to Titus last night, and I was like, Titus, you need to read the word. That's right. <laughs> I'm telling him, I'm like, you need transform your mind. I'm like, some of these issues that you're having around your life, and the only reason I'm able to tell him this, because the Lord been telling me this. I'm like, some of these issues that you have around your life are a result of what you believe and what you're saying. The enemy is lying to you, and the only way to combat a lie is with the truth, the spirit of truth that leads you to all truth, and we have to have the word of God to transform our lives. We can be a believer. We can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but when you have a word deficiency, when you haven't been eating, when I get in the word, you know, if I would get in the word more, I wouldn't be eating as much as I am. Because when I get in the word and I start eating from the word, you know, I'm not as hungry in the natural. It's true. Because you feed your spirit 
your flesh won't cry out as much because you'll put your flesh in order instead of your flesh trying to tell your spirit what to do. I mean, a pastor has been talking about it. And so what does he say? Um, what's the verse that says, That's right. That's right. The lust of the flesh. That flesh gets loud. Would it want something? That's right. Walk in the spirit. I was going to say, it has something to be led by the spirit. But thank you, Anna. You ready? I told Anna, she, she's preaching tonight. But uh, so what, do, what else does the Holy Ghost do? He is our strengthener. He strengthens us. So that means anytime that you feel like you're weak, that you feel like you're Whatever it is, you're overwhelmed, he's your strength. He's on the inside of you. And the good thing is, is you don't have to have a phone to call him up. You don't have to go somewhere to meet with him and talk. You don't have, they, he doesn't have to be awake. It can be in the middle of the night because he's always on standby. He's always there. He's never far. Um, and the last one, when it comes to that scripture, the end of that scripture talks about fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And I thought this was cool because when you look up fellowship, you wouldn't know, or at least I wouldn't know, I guess. I shouldn't say you wouldn't know. You may know. Companionship. That's what my dad was. Companionship. Probably why I was able to be single for 10 years. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, my dad's gone. Man, what's wrong? You know? Companionship. And it only took five minutes a day. But just that little connection, man, was like awesome. But now I know, hey, he's went on, he's finished, but I still have the Holy Ghost to be there, to be that place in my life, to be the one, to be my companion, to walk with me, to get me to the finish line, to get me through, to get me to the next season, to the next wherever. We're going together on this journey. He's there and he's with me. He's for me. He's not against me, right? So, oh, good, we still have a lot of time. Praise the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't ever get through my notes. I'm really doing good today. Or the Lord is, you know. And this is something the Lord's been telling me. This is so funny. I don't know if you guys ever listen to Heidi Baker. I love Heidi Baker. I do. I think she's cool. Um, probably because she knows God. You know what I mean? People that, that know Jesus are like my favorite people to be around. And I don't mean, I mean, we all know Jesus, but those people that walk with God, you know what I mean? There's people that walk with God. And that's the type part, that's what I want to be known for. I want to be known for walking with God um, more than anything. Because I don't want to wait till I get there to walk with him. I want to walk with him now. But something that the Lord's been saying to me, and it's kind of funny, um, is low and slow. Well, that's something Heidi Baker says. Low and slow. And what she means by that is humble yourself before the Lord. Get low, go slow. Because I'm somebody, I like to go fast. You know, he's helping me today. Y'all may think I'm going fast. Let me tell you, this is like medium speed for me because I've, I've flowed through my notes in 30 minutes. Um... But yeah, low and slow. And I'm like, so if I just tell myself that every day, low and slow, Sheree, you know, it, I'm one of those people that want to fix problems and just do it now and do it the fastest way. And there can be people working with me. I'm like, this is the fastest way. This is going to be better. This is going to, and you know, that's just one perspective. It's so funny. I'm telling Titus this yesterday again. I'm like, 
that's your perspective. But everybody else, they have their own perspective. And I'm preaching to myself, like, Cherie, you should, you should take that advice yourself, that everybody else has their own perspective, not just you. But the thing about that is, is that the Holy Spirit's been teaching me. And, it's, and the thing is, it, I think it comes across as you just want your way. You just want your way. But I don't know about other people, but I know in those times, maybe not every time, but sometimes when I'm in that place, I'm just trying to think the best way. That my mind, that's why I need to get in the mind of Christ. You know what I mean? Get out of my mind, get into his mind, and we'll be on the same page. But my mind thinks this is the best way. And the Lord's like, let them do it their way. Let them do it. They, that's the way they want to do it. I'm like, I just told Titus that yesterday. Was that true? You know? Um, it's, it's amazing how those little lessons like that are, are so important to remember, you know, that the fastest isn't best. You know, the way that you may think may have a better outcome, one, may or may not be true. And two, if this person, they, they, they have a way to do that way, you know, and, and that's really letting the Lord lead you even in those little things because what do they say? You know, it's the small foxes or, help me out. The sm Finish it. I don't remember the other part. Thank you, Tyler. He said the small foxes spoil the vine. And you know what? It's true. They say the devil's in the details. Hey, I'll tell you right now. When I get in the details, that's probably whenever I need to step back sometimes when other people, you know, if they have a way, the details, because they don't matter. You can, you can do things a hundred different ways, you know? Some things you just got to let go. I'm preaching to myself. And I, that was my prayer tonight. Lord, I really want to be a blessing, but Lord, help me more, because I need more help. Help me today, as, as I'm ministering, help me today, because I need it. Um, so, the spirit of truth leads you into all truth. So let's go to John 16, 13. Which is just down a little. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. That's what I want. I want him to tell me the things that are to come. I want him to tell me um, what needs to happen in my future. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many things that the Lord spoke to me along the way, so many things that he's told me along the way. I mean, even when it comes to Winter's Church, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day, um, I thank God that when I first started Winter's Church, because, you know, I don't know what the struggles are people face. We only know our circumstances. We only know our situation. We don't know what's going on with everybody. And But I know for me, the Lord was so gracious to me to give me like A, B, C, like laid it out. Up until now, now is the part where he's kind of like, all right, what are you going to do, Shree? I'm like, what do I need to do? He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, Lord, tell me what to do. I, I want you to tell me what to do. He's like, I want you to decide what you're going to do. I'm like, 
And then the reason why is because you know what he wants you to do, or at least you have a way, the Holy Ghost, of figuring that out. But however you go about it, whether it's the word of God, whether it's, I mean, we're going to get into it where the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. I actually think that's the next thing, and I think we'll go on to that as well. So he tells us what is to come, and he brings into remembrance the things Jesus said to you. That's John 14, 26. A lot in John here. But the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. That is so awesome right there because, you know, that's who we are. We're Jesus's hands and feet. We're his ambassadors. We've been sent. And the cool thing is he didn't send us alone, though. He sent someone that knows the way, that's always with us, to guide us, to lead us, um, to reveal to us. I mean, it's awesome. He sent the Holy Spirit. I think that's that's the coolest part about this whole thing is that literally everything that Jesus has asked us to do, everything that God has set up for us to do that he created us for, he literally gave us a partner to do it with that's always with us. How can you fail? How can you fail? If, if literally you have a partnership and you're going through this whole thing and he has the map, all you got to do is let him lead you. He has the map. And the Holy Spirit and your spirit are one. You're one with him. So it's a partnership. You co-labor together with him, but he leads you by the spirit. That's why it says, as many are led by the sons of God, as many are led by the spirit of God, those are the sons and daughters of God. That's awesome. But it says that he will cause you to recall. He will remind you of and bring to your remembrance everything that Jesus has told you. It says that he will teach you all things. That's awesome. He does. He teaches us all things. And so in bringing remembrance, where I was going was whenever I started, you know, the Lord actually did lead me to Winner's Church, like totally and fully, and probably all of us, really. But, um, you know, I had to pray when I was started walking full on with God, which was the first time in my life I ever had, and I was on my own. Because I, I didn't really have anybody to hold my hand to, to show me how to do that. But I had the Holy Ghost, and he showed me, and that was enough. And so I asked him, you know, as soon as I knew I had to look for a church, I'm like, where am I going to go? And it's like I knew I couldn't figure that out. You know, if I was at a church that wasn't going to do it, and I was happy with that church, too, for the most part, until that day when the Lord told me that I wasn't going to be there anymore. Um which I I don't know how often that happens. I don't hear that story a lot, but I know that was my story. But it wasn't because I had any issues. It was because I literally was not going to grow to be who I am today. There's no way. I don't even know if I'd still be in church if I had stayed there, to be honest, because I needed some strict guidelines to walk by in my life. I'm I'm a strong-willed person. I needed strong guidelines. And thank God that here at Winter's Church, we have those. And it's a blessing to me. Hey, structure is a blessing. Structure helps me out. My life would be chaos without structure. Um, So 
Anyways, you know, I pray and the Lord literally reminds me of revival, reminds me of Pastor Ziggy. And he didn't have a church at the time. Whenever, I, I think I came in on that revival the last two weeks and it was over and it was the most, I'd never heard anybody preach like that. I'd listened and I was like, how is this person putting all these things together from the word of God that I've grew up my whole life hearing, but can literally make a clear picture and bring a revelation from God in the, that way. I'd never seen it before in my life, first time. And I literally remember telling my mom in the car after revival, Titus was eight months old at the time. And I was jacked up. My life was jacked up when I went to that revival. I was not living for Jesus. I'll tell you that. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, if he had a church, I would go to it. How crazy is that? That out of my spirit, I'm saying this. I have no clue what I'm saying. Like, I was drinking the day before. I, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then after that, when ra God radically stepped down into my life, and I honestly believe it was for the last time. I really think if, if at that moment I didn't take what he was handing out, I would not be here. Thank God that I received it. Because I could be just like any other story of tragedy, of loss, of, I mean, believe me, multiple times over. So, you know, thank God that he led me to that place. But, you know, I'm asking him, where am I going to go? He reminds me of revival. And literally, I reach out. I don't even remember Pastor Ziggy's name. I looked up Ziggy Ziggler. <laughs> I didn't know who he was either, but I knew that I didn't think he was a motivational speaker as well as a revivalist. So I was like, oh, I don't think that's him. So I asked my mom, she tells me, and I, I message him like, hey, are y'all having meetings? You know, what's going on? You know, I don't know where I'm gonna go to church. We just started a church. I'm like, well, praise God, you know? And it was still difficult. I think that's how you know, you know, it was difficult for me to leave my other church. My son had been born while I went there. I love those people. Um, I didn't grow spiritually, hardly at all, after that one altar call. I, I went down a hundred times probably to that altar. Well, I, I'm for sure I went down probably that many times in four years. And um, I didn't have a life change. And so it took me three months to fully make the transition. But when I did, it was because the Lord told me, and this is the first time I ever heard him say this to me, and I didn't even know what he was talking about, to be honest. Even though I'd been in church my whole life, he told me that he'd called me to be an evangelist and that he'd raised me up to do the ministry he called me to do under Pastor Ziggy. Oh, yeah. Well, when you have a word from God, that'll lead you to your future. If that's what he said, that's what he meant. And so there's been times when it's been hard. And I've been like, I mean, the worship team, year one. First of all, I don't know why I was on that worship team, but... <laughs> Anyways, uh, I was with all of these very strong personalities, and I was hood at the time, very hood, like east side hood, you know what I'm saying? Like east side 3 a.m. Chicago hood. And so uh, I was like ready to fight every week. I was quitting church every week. I was, I mean, I didn't. This, and nobody knew. This is, well, maybe they knew because they probably seen by the look on my face. Did y'all know Ms. Rhonda? So I never told anybody. That's the thing. I never, I'm not these people that go on Facebook saying I'm quitting church. I, that's not me. That is just not who I am. I'm private. Like I was just like, bye. I would, I wouldn't have even said bye. Y'all would have been like, what happened to Cherie? And so that was me literally every week. I would get so mad. I remember I would be furious when I left church. 
Not only that, I was smoking cigarettes. And so then I'd feel bad about that on top of being on the worship. That's a whole other story. But I did get delivered of the cigarettes, but neither here nor there, you know. But, you know, uh, I, I remember the Lord every time I would get upset with somebody and I'd be like, I'm done. This church business, because I came from a big church. There was none of that going on. Nobody barely even talked to you, you know, other than the people that I got close to that I liked, but I didn't have to deal with anybody else or talk to anybody else other than people that wanted to talk to me, that wanted to hang out. And, um, and let's be honest, I wasn't hanging out with church people that much either during that four years. But, uh, but when I was at that time, I remember the Lord being like, what about you? He would put that mirror right in front of me and be like, what are your shortcomings? What did you say? Where is your heart not right? Where are you missing it? You know, you want to point to them and what they did, what they did, what they did. But you have a lot to work on here. So let's work on this. You don't worry about them. I'll, I'll, they're walking their own road. You worry about this. But I mean, how awesome is that? The Lord showing you all that stuff. So all those times, and you know, it does get easier in some ways, but then it seems like when you have a difficulty, it's hard. Like you, you know, it seems like, oh, life is good. You know, I'm a winner, winner's church. I'm on cloud nine. But man, when you have a difficulty, it's rough. It's a battle, you know, and it's not even something that you want to be like, can you pray for me? Like, I'm one of those, I'm battling it out, sometimes for no good reason. It's not good. You really should reach out for help. You really should ask people to come alongside you. And I do. I get better at it. But, you know, it's difficult. But this is the thing. You know, what somebody said, you know, this faith walk isn't a cakewalk. It's not. You know, you're supposed to come out on the other side of this in the fullness of his glory, you know, righteous, holy. Are we those things now? Yeah, we are. But a lot of times we don't see it. You know, we see all the other stuff. Sometimes we need to focus more on the work that he did in us, you know, on the work he's doing in others. Look at the work that's happening instead of the shortcomings, you know, even when it comes to ourselves. Because, you know, even when it comes to me, like a lot of times I'm not like, Man, you're hitting a home run there, Cherie. You know, I'm looking at my shortcomings. I'm looking at, man, you jacked it up there. You jacked it up there. You know, get it together. But we know that, who, who is that? That's the accuser of the brethren. That's not Jesus. That's not what Jesus says. He says, you're a winner. You're an overcomer. You know, you're, you've been delivered. You're walking in freedom. You're no longer captive to anything. You know, um, you know, it was such a blessing. I was talking to Anna the other day, and Anna told me, she said, Sheree, you're always at the right place at the right time. And I was like, that, that touched me so much. Like, I was like, that's awesome, Anna. Like, I have never thought about that. And, you know, I was telling Anna, I was like, Anna, I don't know if you know this or not, but literally, in the spirit, you're full of joy, and it doesn't matter if you're having a good day or a bad day. I can walk up to Anna and the joy of the Lord come on me. You know, and I think if we could recognize those things and be vocal about those things, you know, and I get it. It's hard. It's hard to do that. But, you know, I, I want to see, the thing is, too, is like something that the Lord talked to me about 
when um, we were having Paul Trokel here and Pastor Ziggy had said, and I, and I think we're kind of all aware of this, you know, our church is about finding out what your grace is, finding out what your purpose is and walking in it, you know, and that you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with a group of people that we all have the same mind purpose. We're on the same road. We're going to the same place, you know, um, but when Paul Trogel was here, I thought the most incredible thing about him was that he set other people up to win. That was powerful to me because the Lord had literally just spoke to me that week, something similar to me. And he told me, he said, Sheree, you are a mobilizer. That's what I want you to do. I want you to mobilize people. You know, and that's like, okay, you know, awesome. You know, I didn't, I'm like, I, and at the time I really was glad to hear it. Cause anytime I hear from God, like I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm, I mean, I'm just glad I'm still alive. You know what I mean? Like most days when I have a bad day, I'm like, Sheree, you're living on borrowed time. Like this time, if the devil had his way, you would have been dead 20 years ago. So, you know, cheer up you know, be of good cheer. The Lord overcame, you're going to overcome. God's got a plan, you know? And so he told me that, but when Paul Trokel, when he was talking about that, mobilizing people, man, it got me because that's building the kingdom, right? Building the kingdom is about mobilizing others. But in order to mobilize others, we have to be mobilized. And you know, when I think of the word mobilized, it means fully equipped, fully equipped. And, you know, uh, that's what we're here to do is to get equipped. So sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're going through whatever it is we're going through. But we have a helper. We have an advocate. We have a standby. We have a director of our life that we can lean into and say, show me. You know, show me. You said this. He reminds us of what Jesus said. He reminds us of what God said about us. He reminds us about the plan of God for our life. But there's no way that we're going to be able to stay on track with that all the time. We're not, gonna, we're not always going to be right where we need to be at the right time. We're going to mess up. We're going to miss it. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to do the wrong thing. You know, it's a part of life. Nobody's perfect. But the thing is, we can do a lot better if we allow the Holy Ghost to be who he is and to minister to our lives in the way that he wants to. So he tells us what's to come. He brings remembrance, the things that God said to us to help us stay on track. He anoints us. So 1 John 2.18 is where we'll go next. It was so funny. I had Titus read my notes to me today on the way. I'm not even really listening to him. I just think it's funny that he's reading my notes. <laughs> he's like, Mom, you got a lot of notes. And he's like, well, you don't have that many notes. I was like, okay, now can you go through my notes and can you read the scriptures as well? <laughs> he's still doing it when we get here. I was like, oh, so that means those scriptures are going to take about 30 minutes to read. Okay. But bless him. He's so awesome. It's awesome that he follows me to half the places that I lead him. All right, 1 John 2.18. Boys, it is the last time. He's talking to the disciples, I'm assuming. 
hour, the end of the age. And as you have heard that the Antichrist, he who will oppose Christ in the guise of Christ is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have risen, have arisen, which confirms our belief that it is the final end time. That is not where I meant to start, but that's okay. That's good. They went out from our number, but they did not really belong to us. You know what? It's a good word right there. I'll tell you that right now. There's been a lot of people that came through here, and really they did belong here, but the enemy talked them out of it. So let that not be you. Stay planted where the Lord puts you, and don't run off. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, I ain't going to say that. But anyways, stay where you're, stay where the Lord has you, and you'll do good. <laughs> uh, but it says... And, and it's true, pastor said this, for if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they withdrew that it might be plain that they all are not of us. This is where I meant to go. But you have been anointed. Say, I have been anointed. You have been given an unction from the Holy One and you all know the truth or you know all things. Praise God. That's awesome. You know, and one of the things about that is, is that he leads us to truth. So I think it's awesome. I, I think sometimes, like I literally, and I don't, I don't recommend this at all. Sometimes I listen to people and I'm like, that's not the truth. It's not the truth. And they're preaching, you know, it'll be a minister and they'll say something. I'm like, and the Lord will be like, that's not true. It's not true. If you listen to that voice of your spirit, he'll tell you what's true and what's not. And that's why, uh, and uh, I'll wait on that. But yeah, so you have been anointed. You have an unction from the Holy Ghost. That's how, you, that's how you're led. You know, I know um, Brother Hagin and Pastor Ziggy have both said one of the main ways that we're led by the spirit is two ways, an unction from the Holy Ghost and... Um, I know one of the ways I'm thinking that he gives an example is whenever you're fishing and you throw that hook and it catches a fish and you get that connect, connect. So sometimes how that works with us is it'll connect with your spirit. It'll be, it won't be a drastic, you know, but it'll be that, all right. But the other thing is you'll have peace. You'll have peace. And I know the Lord was just sharing something with me personally about my life last week, and I had peace immediately. You know, probably could have heard it sooner had I leaned in quicker, but thank God it was only a few days. But, you know, when I did, he spoke to me, you know, he told, and that's when I was telling you guys about the change, when he was saying change. I don't like change, especially if I'm not... Um, if I'm not expecting it, you know, I don't like being surprised. I like to know what's coming. And so when things change unexpectedly and the spirit takes a hard push another direction, you know, and the other thing is too, is I think that I see is I see it as I could have made this go a different way, but I'm not sure that's true because I know that this is what he's saying. You know what I mean? I'm like, I think I could have worked that a little different. No, Sheree. It's just a different time. It's a different season, you know? And it was cool because the Lord's like, it's not bad, you know? Every time a season changes, it's not bad. Seasons come, seasons go. Pastor was talking about that not that long ago, the seasons of his life of ministry. But it's hard. 
When you see and you, and you see yourself and you're at this place and you're enjoying it, and the Lord's like, er, you're like, let's come back over here. <laughs> he's like, nope. And so, but yeah, that peace comes as he's leading you, that peace, that unction, and then the peace follows. So you know, follow the peace. Even if, and that's the thing, even if you don't catch the unction, you'll recognize the peace if you're, if you're looking for it. If you decide not to stay where he's trying to take you out of, too, because, you know, sometimes we stay too long. That's why the, and, and that's why we don't see fruit. A lot of times, I think we stay in seasons too long, and then we don't see fruit, because the Lord's already ahead somewhere, and we've, we've missed the boat. And it's not that we can't catch up, but we do have to change our mind, mostly. But anyways, um, oh, I thought it was something else to say, but I, I lost it. Um, oh, 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 I know what it was. I think that's why pastor says, and I don't remember who said it. I just say pastor said everything. It just makes it easy. But pastor said, you know, the greatest hindrance to the next move of God is the last move of God. Isn't that us too? The greatest hindrance to the season he's trying to lead us to is the last season that we don't want to leave, that he's bringing us out of. All right. Okay, Acts 1-4. And I'll just read this while you're going there. But this was the other part about the anointing. But as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction, which you receive from him abides permanently in you. So that anointing abides permanently. The Holy Ghost abides permanently. The Holy Ghost is carrying all that you need to get to where, where you're going, to where the Lord's leading you, to the plan, to the purpose, to the promise, um, to the kingdom, a greater revelation you know, so then you have no need that anyone should instruct you on that. So the Holy Ghost leads us not only through our inward witness, but through Ayla's Holy Ghost, through Nakia's Holy Ghost. And so if Nakia is ministering by the Spirit, then I'm not looking to man to instruct me, but the Holy Ghost in Nakia is instructing me. And I think that's where people are like, oh, I don't need nobody. No, God uses people all the time. But he uses the Holy Ghost. It's not Nakia's great wisdom. None of us, none of us, you, you guys know. Like, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And so it says, but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, so you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. Stay plugged in. And that's what we're talking about. All those characteristics of the Holy Ghost, lean to those things. You know, lean not to your own understanding. But in all things, acknowledge the counselor, acknowledge the comforter, acknowledge your present help, acknowledge your standby, your advocate, your companion, you know, whatever it is that you need. Acknowledge him and let him lead you through whatever it is. Okay, so I sent you to, was it? One four. Because that's where we're going to be after this is Acts.
Okay. And while being in their company and eating with them, pastors talked about that verse, being with your people, Winner's Church in your case, and whoever's listening. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized with, placed in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. So Jesus commands them to wait for the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.1. And I know Pastor, and I think Hilda probably talked about this, so I'm not going to go over this, but you, you guys know, but for those of you who may want, the, want to know. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place, like he said, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rush of a violent tempest, tempest blast, and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed, and which settled on each of them, and they were all filled diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues. See how it says both? I love that. The Amplified says foreign languages, but it was tongues, <laughs> in other words. As the Spirit kept giving them cleared, clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. Now there were then residing in Jerusalem Jews devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven. Religious people, though. That's what, that's what that's saying. There was a lot of religious people that came as a result. They, re, what's funny is they came as a result of the Holy Spirit coming, but they weren't there waiting. So that's the difference. Okay. So then we're going to go to 21, verse 21, same chapter. And it shall be that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Christ, shall be saved. And you know, that, that was from Joel 2.28, if you look at your reference there. And so there's a promise that, um, that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But actually, Joel 2.28 if I'm not mistaken, that is where he said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Right? Is that right? My reference, people? All right, so he's poured out his spirit. Well, that's what we're going to go to next, because if you go down to Acts 2.32, so he preached. He preached the gospel. That's important, especially um, where I'm leading to in this part, I kind of didn't make the transition, but you guys could notice the transition that I went from the ministry to you to others. That's what this part is. So the Holy Ghost not only came to live on the inside of you as you received Jesus, as you received reconciliation to God yourself, but he also came upon the first church, which started in Acts 2, that when the promise of the Holy Ghost came, it empowered them to go. And they immediately went. Did you notice? Like, immediately. So part of what I wanted to, to express here was that when are, you giving, when are you given the ministry of reconciliation? When you receive it. When you receive the Holy Ghost. And really, it's not even at baptism. It's really when you're reconciled. But to me, you need the baptism 
to obtain the power to go. Because I guarantee you, this brother a few chapters back wasn't saved and, defin- and wasn't even acknowledging Jesus after he knew that, well, I don't, it wasn't revealed to him yet, but we'll give him that. He, he knew, but he didn't get the revelation until Jesus came back and told them to go wait is when they got the revelation that he was the Christ. But he would not have been able to preach to these 3,000 people had he not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, I say, but you can talk to pastor about that later. So in 32, it says, then Jesus God raised up and of that all we, his disciples are witnesses. All of us are witnesses. So when you think of a witness in a courtroom, they're, wit- they're a witness to something that happened. So as us being witnesses, we're a witness to what God did in our lives. We're testifying to who he is. We're testifying to what he does. We're testifying to eternal life that we found. We're testifying to the answer. We're testifying to life itself, you know? And so remember that, you know, when when you're trying to step out and share the gospel with somebody, all it is is a testimony to what God's done for you. And already in the scripture, it tells you how to do that. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's right there. That's it. Call on the name of the Lord right now. I'll tell you what will happen. This is what he did for me. You know, I, when I was at one of these evangelism things, um, one of the exercises, one of them was like, tell your testimony in five minutes. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, I can preach in five minutes, but telling my testimony in five minutes is, oof, that's scary. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But you know what? I did it. And I honestly thought that was awesome. I think that's awesome. I think that is a great thing to have in your tool belt to get with a friend and practice. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me in five minutes. And make sure that within that five minutes that you make clear that you have to give up your life for his life, for a life in Christ. You know, that you're turning from one life and coming into a new life. And do it in five minutes with your testimony. I mean, that's awesome. And so it said that his disciples are witnesses, being therefore lifted high by and to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promised blessing, which is the Holy Spirit, he has made this outpouring, which you yourselves both see and hear. And so this Acts 2.30, I read it in the Amplified. Really, it's not as good in the Amplified on that verse. I remember. So it says, this Jesus God raised up that we're all witnesses. Let me go to the next one. Maybe it's in the... Anyways, I was trying to get to the point where it said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And I actually think it's, uh, let's see, is it 17? Is it backward? Okay. Okay, yeah. And so it says on 17, yeah, 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 yeah. I have that. I don't know why I didn't read that. But anyways, 
So I started at 14, 214. If you go to Acts 214, it says, but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them. This is after he preached. He said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall see dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy." So it's talking about these days too, though. We're still in those days. You know, it's just like pastors said that when you pray, in that day when you pray, in the name of Jesus, when he was talking about the prayer, five things you should know about prayer, praying in the name of Jesus, in that day, it's this day. It's after Jesus died and was rose from the dead, sitting at the right hand of God, that we would pray in his name. But this is the day that he would pour out his spirit. He's still pouring out his spirit. Still today, he wants to pour out his spirit in our lives. We just have to yield. And that's one of the things I wanted to say was that we have to continually yield to the Holy Ghost and what he's wanting to do in our lives. He has all this ministry for us. He has all this ministry for other people that he wants to pour out. But we have to yield to him. We have to allow him to use us to be able to do that. And the enemy would love to keep you sidelined, would love to keep you distracted, would love to keep you looking at all these things over here, getting the cares of life. You know, all of us have a word from God. The cares of life come. You know, maybe we're so focused on one word from God that we have that we're not listening to what he's saying today. And, and that word isn't promised if we don't do what he said today. If we're not doing the general will of God for our lives, how can we do the specific will that he's already told us? And we can't stay in a season that he's calling us out of, and we have to walk into the season he's calling us into, and it may not be our favorite thing to do. But this is the thing. He's given us the spirit to, to lead us into all that he wants to do in our lives, to lead us to the plan and purpose that he has for us, individually, corporately, as the body of Christ, in this nation. We are the answer. We are the representatives. We are the ambassadors. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And, you know, just to wrap this all up, where I was going to, and I'll finish with this. I got 10 minutes. Praise God. Um, where I was going to in all this was, if we go to Ephesians, you know, Ephesians 4, 7, we might as well read it because that's what it's all about around here. And we love the word of God, don't we? We've had a lot of word today. I don't know what happened, y'all. I got under that Kenneth anointing or something. Uh, maybe Rhonda, you have more influence in my life. I'll just say Miss Rhonda. She's a teacher, Gaby, teacher. Um, but, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So that's, that's what we're, we know that when Pastor Ziggy got a word about Winner's Church, it was, I want this church to be built on the grace in the lives of my people, the grace that I've poured out in them through my spirit help them to discover what I've called them to do, and then send them. And he has. He's been sending us for years since we started. I remember when we had those Holy Ghost parties every week. And now we know why we had those Holy Ghost parties, because it's like, all right, let's go, y'all. Like, let's, let's, let's go. We have the work to do. And so, you know, we have to remember, we have a mandate. 
And the greatest mandate that we have is to reconcile people to Jesus. You know, the greatest two commandments God gave us was love God and love people. Love God, love people. To know him. Something the Lord's been stirring to me, it's crazy. The Lord has kind of slowed me down when I'm out ministering to people. And he's sped everybody else up. These people are running past me, 20, 30 people. We got 50 people saved today. I'm like, I got two. You know? But you know, one of the things the Lord's really been having me minister to people is that, do you know God? Do you know God? Because I know you've been to church, but this American gospel that everybody knows Jesus, everybody's heard it all, everybody knows it all, everybody's checking in on Sunday, online, that's okay, I guess. It's not okay for me. I know that. The Lord will rebuke me real fast. Like, no, you're going to church. But this is, and I want to go to church. I mean, Winter's Church, it's the greatest place on the planet. It's not Disney World. But anyways, you know, we have been entrusted with this treasure, you know, and, and especially at Winter's Church, to whom much has been given, much is required. And out there, I'm telling these people, okay, you know of God, but do you know God? What does he like? What does he not like? What has he commanded you to do, you know? If, if, if you were, if Jesus came, and he didn't say his name was Jesus, would you recognize him? If God became flesh again and he walked into this room, would you recognize him? Would you know that's your Lord and Savior? Would you know that's the creator of the universe? I hope I would, because I'm constantly looking for him. In others, I'm looking for him. I'm like, where are you at, Jesus? Show me. Show me more of you. And he does. Even as I look at these people, look at them in their eyes, he shows me the love he has for them. He shows me the compassion he has for them. And he wants them to know him. But people can't know him if they think they already know him. It's the saddest thing in the world to think that you have something that you don't have when you're deceived and you don't know it. I tell people all the time, that's great that you believe all that, but the thing that sucks is when you're deceived, you are deceived. You don't know it, you know? And then they'll just say, well, how do you know you're not deceived? I'm like, believe me, I know. But... uh. But so Ephesians 4, 7, but if you go on down, it says he gave, Jesus gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. What is that ministry? There's a lot of ministry he wants to do through you, honestly. There is. But one ministry that we are fully persuaded of is the ministry of reconciliation, being an ambassador for Christ. And, um, and as we do that, if we go to, well, let's read 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting to us. Boy, I'll tell you, that says a lot right there. Entrusting to us. One, we're working on trusting God with our lives. I mean, maybe y'all aren't. I am. I am working on trusting him in every area of my life, more every day. I'm like, Lord, help me surrender more to you every day because I'm not going to make it in the current shape I'm in to get to the place that I know that you have. So I need you to help me to trust you more. And it's by faith. It's faith. Trust and faith. 
There's not a whole lot different between the two. In order to have faith, you have to trust God. In order to trust God, you have to have faith. But it says, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So that means he has an appeal to make to this world through us, through you. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's awesome. And then I'm ending with these last two scriptures. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the world, or whoops, sorry, in, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So building the body of Christ, and the only way that we can do that is from love. For one another, from the love God's given us, that we can share with one another and share with the world that draws them to repentance. It's the spirit of God, yes, Without him, nobody's going to be drawn. But it says the goodness of God. I believe the goodness of God is revealed through our lives, not just the love of God, but the goodness of God. I know that's something critical that the Lord has, has wanted to do through me to some of my family, is to show them the goodness of God because of what he wants to do in my life. And that's a big part of the reason of what he's doing right now, that he's asking me to do right now. And I recognize it. I don't always remind myself of that when I don't want to do it, but I, but I know that's why. Man, when I seen my, and Lindsay's my niece, I'm her aunt. She's nine months older than me. I know she doesn't want me to tell anybody, but she's not here. I invited her. She didn't come, so she'll have to listen to this on the app. But when I seen her up here dancing and praising God, you talk about, I seen her, I can't even, I was, when I seen her, I was, beside myself. I mean, it gave me a little glimpse of what God thinks when we go out of our way to see somebody that hasn't been trained, hasn't, you know, doesn't, just out there, man, just free. I've never in my life, I think that's the first, that's the most I have ever experienced somebody worship God in spirit and in truth because I know her. I know her whole life, and she's, she's been through some things. She's been through some things, for real, and um, when I seen that, I'm telling you, I was like, Lord, help me till every one of them's up here, till every one of them's up here, you know, and my sister, you know, on the floor up here, the good Baptist, you know, up here knocked out by the Holy Ghost. Powerful, right? Powerful. It's awesome. What God can do, there's, no, there's nothing impossible for him. And that's what I was thinking when I seen her. I was like, there's nothing impossible for you. Nothing. But it only works through love and the body working together. And so ending, last scripture, 
Thank you for hanging in there. 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. And, um, you know, it goes through, it talks about several of the gifts of the Spirit. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand mysteries by the Spirit, right? Because that's the only way you're going to understand. So that's a gift from him that he gives you. And have knowledge, word of knowledge. If I have faith, all faith, gift of faith. To remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And, you know, it goes through and it says what love is. But the thing is, is that as we receive the ministry of the Holy Ghost for our lives and receive the love of God for our lives, then, and, and we're working it out. I mean, it happens as we walk. It's not like one day we have it figured out. You have to go. You have to follow him where he leads you, and then you have to go to where he sends you. Follow him where he leads you, go to where he sends you. And all encompassed in knowing your God, loving your God more than your own life, and then following him into the world. It says, I send your, your sheep sent among wolves. Nobody wants to do that, but he's worth it. He's worth it. He did it for us. We can do it for him. He deserves it. And the thing is, is we have him on the inside of us to lead us, to guide us, to equip us, to empower us, to win, to win this thing and to become a victorious, to finish our race, to know that when we get there, we're, we're not going to look back and have regrets of finding out what we were here to do, but knowing that we use the grace in our life to accomplish every good work that he planned ahead for us to walk in. Does anybody have any questions about anything or want to say anything? I know time is 8.32. Do you want to say anything? But I just want to say, like, I can't, I am so excited more than ever. You know, I think a lot of my walk at Winner's Church has been, I can't wait to see what you do. I remember when a shift came in my life where I was like, man, I'm excited to see all God wants to do in my life. And I thought, I was like, man, God's going to call me to be an evangelist, and I'm going to go. I'm going to be somewhere. I don't even know where. Somewhere probably nobody else would want to go. And then I'm going to come back to Winners and testify to what God did. And that's not anything like what he's showing me, you know? I'm like, he's like, no, you're going to be on leadership. You're going to do these things, you know, that aren't my first choice. I'll be honest. It's really not, if I'm honest. But it doesn't matter because he's first. He's, he's the one that's going to tell me what I'm going to do. And I'm, and I'm going to have joy doing it because he's worth it. But I will say this. I am more excited than ever to see each and every one of you walk in the grace that God is giving you. To see you fulfill the ministry that God's given you. And, and in any way, help you, cheer you on, anything that I can do, finance it. Whatever I can do to see you all pass the finish line, that, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. For him to use me like, he's, like he used Paul Trogel. You know, pastor preaches it all the time to be a dream fulfiller. There's nothing better than that. 
That's better than running your own race to see others and to know that somewhere along the way, you had a piece of that. You were one of the steps in that staircase that took them to that door that opened for them. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for all that you said, all that you're doing in us, all that you're doing in me. We give glory to your name. We thank you that you are doing a work in our hearts, that um, it's an eternal work, that this word would take root, that everything that you said to them through this word, to each individual, Lord, the things that, that you whispered to them as they heard the word, God, to them individually, God, I thank you, Lord, that that seed would grow, God, that that harvest would become flourishing as a result, God. I thank you, God, that they would be encouraged tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you have um, brought strength, that if you said it, that you intend to do it, and that each and every destiny, purpose, and plan that you have for each person in this room today, and those that watch, and every person that's a member, every person that's had any part of Winner's Church at any time, God, it's our desire for people to win, for people to find their place, for people to take their place, for people to be empowered by your spirit to fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for their life, to build the kingdom of God, to be the body of Christ, to be the bride that you can return for, God. And we just want to take our place. Even as Winner's Church, we want to take our part. We want to take our place. We want to walk in the divine calling and the divine destiny that you have for us. We want to see your spirit poured out on this city and on this nation, God, we just want to be a part. We just want to be used. And we give you glory and honor knowing that you will do it because you said you would in Jesus' name. Amen.